Oh, we have some names out there I don't recognize. Two friends. tonight i hope everybody's having as much fun with chewbacca as we were back here um i'm laura stevens i'm from missouri and we have with us the beautiful miss jenna to my left right left where I'm are you somewhere at, i'm over here hi guys <laughs> and then we have becky down below hi becky hello and now I'm going to try to figure out, sorry, Chewbacca still got me. I, oh, it is showing. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, tonight we're going to talk about Google Forms with differentiation. Um, this is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite things and one of the most powerful things that I think Google um, can do with Forms. Um, we have all of our Twitter handles on there. And also um, the link to the slide presentation is on there. Um, I'm sorry, I'm still thinking about Chewbacca. <laughs> That's okay, that's what half the comments are. I'm just loving reading these. Okay, so to get back into um, the mode here, um, Google Forms for differentiation, it is so powerful. It is the branching tool that um, Google has built into the forms. When I first learned this, I will never forget that day when um, her, our coach at that time, her name was Lisa, and she knew I was a tech person and I was in a meeting with a whole bunch of non-tech people. And as soon as she showed it to me, she said, my eyes lit up and I couldn't tell you what she talked about the rest of the presentation because I was off in my own little world trying to figure out how this actually works so I could see the magic for myself on my screen. So hopefully some of you guys have not seen it before and you will think it is magical as I do. 
So let's get moving. The goal is to introduce the ability to use Google Forms as a way to differentiate. And I have the agenda in there, the same, the things that we're going to talk about. And um, this is us. I kind of hacked and added three of us together in the friend emoji. And um, we just really want to say thank you for joining us. We know that each and every one of you is extremely dedicated for giving up one of your last evenings before you go back to work. Um, or for those that are already back to work, joining us on one of your first days back. It's truly amazing. Our country needs educators like you guys out there. We appreciate it. So Becky, you want to introduce yourself? Yes, hello. Thank you uh, so much, Laura, for inviting me. I am an instructional coach or a TOSA teacher on special assignment in Newhall, California, which is in the Los Angeles County area. Um, I'm an elementary educator and uh, have taught actually in four different states, anything from kindergarten to fifth grade and now an instructional coach. I'm also a Google certified trainer, co-leader of GEG SoCal and a leader of G global GEG. And um, I, I just want to point out, Chris mentioned something and Laura, I think you should see this too. These are the forms we are looking for. Uh, <laughs> I am so with you. I'm so excited for today's presentation and just to talk about how we can uh, look at these from an elementary point of view. And for those of you who went back today, I'm with you. We went back today too. So again, thank you for, for joining us. Okay, and then I'm sandwiched in the middle because I'm the middle schooler. Um, I teach sixth to eighth grade STEM in Missouri. I have, um, my background is all technology. I was a 9-11 teacher, so after the towers fell, I realized that my job as a stockbroker and shuffling money did nothing. So I went back and got my teaching degree and my ed tech degree. I am Google certified level one and level two, and I just passed my test for trainer. So hopefully I can add on Google certified trainer there within the next couple of weeks, Apple educator, Adobe creative. I'm a national board candidate and I am an ISTE candidate. And then on to our high school teacher, Miss Jenna Ashley. Uh, I'm Jenna, yes, I am, give me a sign. I saw somebody, I felt the trick love. Um, I'm a high school algebra teacher here in Virginia. Uh, my bachelor's is actually in business, but my master's in education, I am a Google certified trainer. Uh, Apple educator, Microsoft innovative educator. I catch a lot of flack for, for going the Microsoft route sometimes, but you gotta be prepared. Um, I'm a Nearpod certified educator and an Edpuzzle coach. I'm working very on my cool. Google All coach right. too. Very, very cool. All right, so the Google Forms. I think most of us know this basic stuff. We know that we can do surveys. We know we can do signups. We know we can do basic quizzes in there. Those are the um, the normal things. Hey, Michelle, hi. I just saw your name pop up. <laughs> um, and we know the power. We know that they can self-grade. But some of the amazing things that I've learned, um, like I said, the differentiation, um, I found an add-on that I'll show you guys that will automatically send certificates to your kids if they pass a certain benchmark or they'll send, send the oops email, come see me. 
Um, I found all kinds of add-ons to share with you guys. There's just so much power with forms. And I, I honestly think it's one of the, the parts of the Google suite that gets forgotten because everybody thinks that it's just to sign up or to do a survey. So um, there's so much more to it. So let's get started. And why does this say not load? Oh, good golly. All right, y'all, we need a... Um... Laura's oh, in the middle of the store. There we go. <laughs> All right, so self-grading self quizzes. I am going to open a new tab. And I, I do better when I just walk people through as opposed to actually um, talking about it. What is going on? Sorry. You know what it could be? We may have too many people in our slides right now. Is that what's not loading or is it your storm? No, I like literally went to, now it was this, the slideshow finally um, kicked through, but I hit my extension. I love this extension over here, this app launcher. And it wasn't opening. It didn't open a minute ago. So who knows what was going on with it? I'm getting the same error when I try to load that slide. So if anybody needs it, it's like having a waffle on any page. Becky, when you asked like all those uh, extensions, I literally wrote all of them down. <laughs> so got that to thing. do a self-grading, it's easy. You just open up a form. You put in any question that you want. So if we ask what color is grass, and we give them the options of blue, green, red or purple all we, we have to do is we, we can't, can't see your form Laura. i'm about to do it tonight all right try this again happy monday yeah. everyone <laughs> just like the I real world the storm really threw me off because i was like what all right now can y'all there you go all right so we're back over here. I've got this up. We're going to make this required. But the you come up here to the gear where it says settings. And you turn that into a quiz. You make that a quiz. And then you have some options. You can either release the grade immediately after each submission or later. You can tell them when they have missed a question, when they have a correct answer and then the point value. So we're just gonna leave it as the standard and hit save. And now you see answer key down here, zero points. So first we have to tell it what the right answer is. We'll tell it green. And then you can also make it required and you can set the points in here as well. So what's gonna happen is when you come or through this, now, where is the point thing, guys? Under answer key. Mm -hmm. There it is. So, so here's, here's where you can tell it its correct answer. There you go. I'm telling you, the storm 
really messed with my head. I do not. So do unfortunately, this guys, Laura is right in the middle of and then you'd come a really bad storm. Yeah, um, we have branches down and everything. So it's it's been an evening already. What the beauty of this is, is you don't have to answer or you don't have to grade the um, quiz. What I also like about it, though, is when you come over here and you have the quiz, you can decide whether you want to give the kids feedback on each question or not. And it will automatically give the students feedback if they have it wrong, you can give them a little feedback as to what to do, or if they have it right, you can praise them. So that's the beauty of the um, self-graded question, which I would imagine everybody out there knows already. So I'm gonna run through that and get to the good stuff. I wanna, can I add really quickly? I of would course. say from elementary point of view too, and I'm, this would work in all grades, uh, but just know that I only have that elementary lens, so I try to think outside my box. But when we give the feedback, um, I recommend giving your feedback in the form of a video. So your feedback can be a, a video. And uh, especially if it's something around, well, actually it could be any content area, but let's say it's math and your students are doing a quick math assessment where they're either telling you the correct answer or explaining why the answer is correct, whatever it is you're having them show, you could have the feedback set to if they get it wrong watch this quick video that's going to walk you step by step through the process um or watch this quick video that's going to support you yep so down there when you're giving feedback for if it's correct right underneath of it there's the option to add a youtube video and you can do that for whether they get it right or they get it wrong and a lot of times like we'll do this not necessarily as a quiz but I'll put a video in the actual form itself and then students are responding to questions throughout the video. It's kind of like if you don't have Edpuzzle, but you want Edpuzzle-like features, you just put your video in the YouTube or in, uh, in YouTube in your form and ask questions that way. And it's self-grading just like Edpuzzle would be. Oh, I like the idea of putting the videos and the feedback. I hadn't thought about that. I really like that idea. That's great. Our and little can't read. read. You can yeah, actually loop it to go it. back. You're mm -hmm. almost making it differentiated right there in it without branching it then too. Exactly. Yeah. You're giving them what they need on the moment. All right. So now I'm going to attempt to switch uh, back again. So I need to come back over here and hit it back again. All right, y'all that know how to do the StreamYard better than me, you're going to have to show me how to switch back and forth without coming in and out. All right, so do you guys need a moment to try out, or does everybody know how to do the self-grading and ready to get to the meat of this? Good? Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> so here's the the part that I love. This is differentiation through branching. I've given you a working form and I've given you the answer form. So I'm going to go on and open the different, the um, form, which I probably should not have come out of here. Stacy's going to kill me tonight with as much as I'm bouncing around. 
It's okay. It's it's a, it's one of those things. Can you just share your entire screen? Oh, I can do that, can't I? Yeah. All right, there we go. I need There help. we go. Okay. So, so we're I'm all here to help each other. Lord help each other. All right, my drive. And I should have had this up, I'm sorry. So what I'm gonna show you is I teach STEM and I started preparing a differentiated, not so much quiz because I don't, I don't do traditional um, assessments, but it's set up like a quiz and I want it, I like a way to be able to meet each kid at level so I can push them ahead or I can keep them um, and support them as they need to be brought up. So this quiz is our document form is set up as energy sources. So I have a first question here and I have it set in the settings as a quiz. No, I'm sorry, I don't. I forgot, not set as a quiz. So you come down and you put in what you want, but here's where the beauty comes in. If you hit the, the ellipses, you can add different sections and you can tell it where to go. So the equal sign is an add a section. So I'm gonna go down here to where I've got example resources, my next section. I can hit, come on. I can hit the add section and it'll add another section in. And then when you hit the ellipses next to the required, it will tell you depending, it'll allow you to set up depending upon how the student answers. <laughs> how the student answers which section to go to. So at my top, well, and my daughter reversed my mouse, so it keeps messing with my head. When I roll down, it goes up, and when I roll up, it goes down. So up here, what are the two different types of resources? I have it, it takes a thousand years, goes to section two, so that is wrong. Water is wrong. It can easily be replaced as correct. So I have it going to section six and coal is wrong. So when the student comes through and they answer it, if they answer it incorrectly, it's automatically going to push them to section two. So like here I am on section five. So it's gonna push them up to section two and they have a little video to watch. And then after they watch the video, I have it going on to the next section. And then they have another question. And you can see in here, I've given them a second instance. If they still answer the question wrong, then I give them a reading segment. And when I do a reading segment for my students in a situation like this, I always drop it back at least two grade levels. So if I'm doing this with my sixth graders, I drop it back to a fourth grade reading level. Because my thinking is if they don't understand it from me in class and from a very basic two minute video, that there is a bigger issue going on and it might very well be a, a need to understand. So I try to bump the reading level back as well as you can see, I also bump the font size up 
quite a bit. And I keep it very short. So they read that and then they answer another question. And I keep doing strategies like that. And then if they get it right, so say the, the kiddo that got this first question right, I would bump them on to the next. And then I would ask them to read maybe a grade level higher or a higher level video. So I'm pushing them within the same objectives to a higher differentiation and keeping the kids that need that remediation at a little bit safer level. I like to build in the safety nets for the kiddos. And one thing that's really big with my uh, middle schoolers, they can tell when something doesn't look the same. Like, well, why is that kid over there on an assignment that's purple and I have green? Well, when all this is built in, it all looks the same. They're all still within the same form. They all have the same form background. They're all just on a different question. And they haven't necessarily caught on yet as to how that's working. And to me, that's, that's ensuring that the kid that might need a little bit more remediation is still supported and I'm, I'm not, I don't want them to feel like the bluebirds, you know, back when I was in school, everybody had a different reading level and, you know, the cardinals were always the top and the bluebirds were always the bottom and the cardinals were always the top in St. Louis, no matter what, in anything else, you knew you were at the top. So I don't want that with my kids. I want them to be able to all feel that they're doing the best they can and I'm doing what I can for them. I'm on their side. And then what's so very cool is even when you gather the responses in this with the spreadsheet, it tells you exactly where each kid was and what they answered. So it's, it's a safety net for your kiddos. And um, that's probably why I fell in love with it when it was first introduced to me. So um, did I go through that too fast? Um, basically, the equal sign is to add a section. And then you can name that section. And then when you do the answer and you come in and put whatever your answer is, it'll allow you to tell them which section to go to. That's the beauty of this. So Becky, Jenna, how would you guys use it on your levels? Are pretty much the same way or? Yeah, Jenna, do you wanna go first since I went first last time? Um, we tend to do a lot like Laura does with, if especially with my, I teach SPED algebra. So a lot of my kids have spent a lot of time feeling kind of less than um, and it's a great way to be able to give them some of that remediation without making them feel bad without making them feel different um, we do I had an English teacher I worked with once that loved using these for mad libs working on parts of speech because you can just ask for the parts of speech um, and she had it feed out to an awesome add-on called autocrat 
that turned it into a Mad Lib. And nobody's was the same because nobody was going to pick the same words. But it gave her a chance to make sure the kids knew their parts of speech and everything, which is something a lot of times we take for granted at the high school level. Yeah, and I would say as far as, did I freeze or did you? Okay, I think I'm Okay, cool. Uh, as far as elementary, honestly, all of these strategies can be used. The big difference is, and you can definitely do this middle and high school, I add images. I add images anywhere I can for the littles within the question, just to help support in that way and giving those visual effects. Uh, and I will say, I, Laura, I 100% love how you walked us through this and if you're trying this out for the first time know that it's going to mm -hmm. take some time your first one you're not going to get it done quick but you're doing this for the long run like once you've created one you can then make a copy of it and change out the questions so that way you're not reinventing the wheel the entire time you've got a template to use that you're just switching out your questions with so it's it's worth it and you were so spot on in saying like your kids know which group they're in. My kindergartners knew it didn't matter if I called them colored groups as uh, red, blue, green, or the zebras and birds and all the, if they don't, you might as well call them high, medium, low, if you're giving them assignments that look completely different. So this is a wonderful way to have it look the same. And they all just think they're on different questions. And I I'll second that Becky, even today when I build mine, I build them on a piece of paper before I build it um, digitally. I end up with a piece of paper that almost looks like a family tree because I'll literally draw out the questions and the lines and then go through and make all the sections. And then I will go through and answer things and direct where they go. But yeah, I have to still, and I've been doing this for probably seven or eight years now, I still draw it out on paper just so it's easier. Because I found when I don't do that, I end up with a spider web and I've got things pointing to the wrong areas and it's crazy. Um, the one other thing that you can do this, like Jenna said, that's fun you can do this and have the kids, and I'm not a writer. I think most of you that know me, I'm not. Ask Georgina, ask Stacy. they've all proofread my stuff for me. But you can have kids write their own, choose their own ending story. I and love this as a kid. Yeah, I did too. And even for me that I can't stand to write, write for that because I would just want to be able to like pick your own ending. And um, even in even in STEM, you could do that. You know, there's so many different areas in math, have them following a math story and, you know, choose their own ending as to reasoning through a math problem. So there's so many different ways. Anyway, oh, and I could talk about this for hours. <laughs> um, this is my other, way to do it and i in there i didn't know if we would have time so i do have a screen capture where i actually sound like i know what i'm talking about instead of rambling like i'm doing now um on how to differentiate through choice you do need an add-on it's called choice eliminator 2. there are two out there make sure you get choice eliminator 2. choice eliminator 1 
does not work. And um, I'm kind of mean. I have gotten very tired of having 50 very, very, very mediocre and boring um, Google slide presentations. So if I was doing a slide presentation on energy sources and I was giving my kids, they had to do um, some kind of project on energy sources, I knew I had 20 kids per class. I would set up a form where they were going in and they would have 20 or they would have the five energy sources as a choice. So see if I can do, so they would come in and I would do choose your source. And I would set it up as wind, solar, water, geothermal, whatever. And then what you the add-on allows you to do is it allows you to limit how many people can choose each option. So if I have 20 kids, I'll set it up where each option can only have four. And then from there, it'll go to the next branch and then I'll say, so all four kids that pick solar, I might have make a video, make um, a poster, make, um, I don't know, uh, a diorama or something. I'd have four different, three or four different options. But at that point, I get really tricky. So I always make sure at that point, I leave one less than however many kids I have. So if I should have four kids at that point, I only leave options for three. And the reason I do that is because A, it makes sure that the kids are paying, that are paying attention are rewarded for paying attention. And then it also, the kid that's not been paying attention, the kid that might not be feeling well, the kid that's just, you know, off in never, never land, it, when his comes, there's nothing there. And it forces him to come up to me and for us to have that one-on-one -on -one discussion as to, hey, what's going on today? What's your plan? And that's usually how I ask it. You know, are you not feeling well? Are you having a bad day? Do you need to go get a drink of water? You had plenty of time to make these choices here. Why are you the last one? And most of the time they'll confess. You know, and I'm fine. Hey, I'm just really not on it today. I, I just need a break. That's cool. I get it. I have those days too. But what's your plan? So which of these would you like to do? What's your plan? How are you going to be successful with this? And I make them come up with a plan before I allow them to have their pick. So um, that's just my two cents. And then the beauty of that is when presentations do come, we might have four solar presentations, but we don't have four solar slideshow presentations. And then you also know that they might all be covering the same information, but they're covering it each in a different way. So not only are they allowing, you're allowing voice for your kids, but you're allowing the kids that are watching and participating as 
the audience to have meet those different learning modalities as well. So that's that's when I kind of get mean and kind of make them, you know, fess up to not paying attention. So who gets to go first now? Becky, can you use um, we actually have like that? Oh, yeah, actually, where we uh, use this, I don't want to say most, but where it can come in the most handy in elementary is when you're trying to set up some of your smaller group meet sessions and um, just helping to decide, like, we don't always group our students by this or by this, but, so we're giving them choice by which group they want to join, and they can come in here and select the time that works best for them. And then that's the meet that they get to join is based off the time that works best for them. But it also, once you have so many, that slot is full and you have to choose a different time. So it, it helps there too. So almost like setting up appointments kind of? Yeah, but with appointments, you can only have one person sign up for that slot in the calendar. And so this mm -hmm. is setting up your appointments with a, a little bit of a bigger group. Um, so use it that way. But you can, I mean, we do presentations too. So definitely, especially our older students could use it um, in that regards. How do you guys use it? Do you guys do anything like this, Jenna? Um, I tend to use it for parent signups. You can limit it to the one. Um, that way I don't have five parents showing up at my classroom door and we're not, you know, all virtual. Um, or if I want them to pick a t uh, which day they want to sign up to present a project, I can give them, you know, we'll say the first 20 minutes of every of the block for this week is for presentations. That way we're still covering content. We can, some people, you know, four people a day, and then we can only go over so much. Um, we did have a question, and I tried to answer it as best I could, um, was, is there a way to restrict the number of chances they get to do a quiz with an add-on? or just tell them you get two chances, pick a grade with the best score. Um, you do have the forms limiter add-on, which is nice. Um, it makes you, uh, it limits them. You tell them how many times they're allowed to retake it and they'll get a notice when they've hit that limit. Um, there's There are a lot of fun things. It's super, It's it can be overwhelming when you start looking for things, but a lot of times just searching for what you want it to do and adding the word add-on will help you find a lot of really cool tools. I know Laura's our, our add-on junkie. Um, I can hear from Becky. Huh? Oh, okay. I got it from Becky. Becky. Yeah. Um, but I did drop the link to Forms Limiter in the chat. And um, if you are only wanting them to take it one time, Laura, would you show how in the settings to set it mm -hmm. so that they can only do it one time? You can limit them to one response under general. Yeah, main um, limit to one response right here. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to give them a chance, you do have that option to check edit after submit so they can see, oh, I got, you know, these three wrong. They can, oh, I didn't mean to click that. Go back and edit their answers. Yeah. Um, and the nice thing is if you, if those dump out to us, you have them dump out to a spreadsheet, um, mm -hmm. you can see when they've gone back in and see the edits that have made by going through your version history. And, you know, it just depends. Like, I never, I let my kids take their or assessments or whatever you want to call them. I, I don't do tests, but whatever the project is, I let them take it 
and do it as many times as they want until they get the grade that they want. But I know, and they know that, but I never set up a form limiter basically because I expect them to communicate with me. Um, hey, I'm not happy with my grade because whatever. And then I make them give me a plan. Here's what I'm planning on doing in order to improve that grade. So um, then once they show me, hey, you know, if they say I'm going to go back and reread and watch these videos that you gave me as soon as they come back in and, you know, I don't make, I don't allow them to redo it and turn it in 10 minutes later. I make them have some time where at least they should be able to redo and follow their plan. Then I'll allow them to turn it back in at that point. So it's all in how you want to set. If I set a farms eliminator, I have kids like Jenna said that would go back in immediately and change all their questions just to get what it was. So, but even then, sometimes they, they miss our simple instructions. They miss our simple things like choose two answers. And they're like, I didn't know I was supposed to pick two. You want the y-intercept and the slope? Go back and fix it. And then it's it's a quick opportunity for them to make those little adjustments. I agree. I think it's all in what you're doing. It has to be in what you're doing and um, and what curriculum. For math, I can see where that would be really helpful. Mine, I I want them to stop and slow down. With middle schoolers, they go at 100 miles an hour. All right, so on to what I was telling Becky about. So this is an amazing, amazing add-on. If um, you need, I think this is especially gonna be really, really cool for virtual instruction. It is an add-on called, um, and my screen has gotten too small, I can't even read it, Certify them. C-E-R-T-I-F-Y apostrophe E-M. And it is an add-on. And what it does is when you set up your grading, your quiz that's self-grading, it allows you to set a score and based on that score, if the kiddo gets that score, it will send the kiddo a certificate of your choosing. And they have about, I want to say, maybe 12 to 15 certificates to choose from. But then you also, if they don't, it has the ability to set up to send them an email saying that they did not score and you can set up the custom email. So your add-on is this funny looking arrow thing up here next to the artist palette. And if you click it and you'll see the certify them and mine's already installed. So I'm not sure what it's doing there. Come on. All right, there we go. I have to enable it and I'm going to say get started.
All right. The one thing with this program that I have learned is it does not like multiple choice. So um, change your multiple choice to check boxes. For some reason, it does not like multiple choice. Um, but then you can see um, certificate, certificate records. It'll send you a list. You can set it up where it'll give you a list of everybody that's got certificates. You can set up the passing rate. You can set up the templates. And these are all the templates that you can choose from. So there's, I mean, they're not, ooh, amazing. But I mean, I think it's pretty cool. And then you don't have to, because literally you put in the name of the quiz or the name of the assignment. It fills in the date and the score. And some of them are cuter than others, like the little smiley face guy. He's pretty cute. And little, you got the little um, thumbs up. And there's a cute little uh, um, trophy that's smiling. And then a zigzag. So, I mean, you get to pick which one you want to send. And then you just set it over here. And you can literally go to the advanced tab. And the advanced tab is where... You can put, you know, you can send them a message. Here's the email options. If you, um, if they don't get the 80% or whatever you said is passing, you can put that in there. Um, and so they'll get either email. You know, they'll either get the email saying they passed with their certificate, like I'm waiting far from Google, or they will get the um, message saying they didn't pass. And usually in my message, I have mine to set up to say, come see me, let's have a talk. Um, the one thing that you do need to realize on this is there is a quota and it's not, not from certified. Um, I did a little research to find out because I thought this was a really cool service. Um, it is free, there is no add-on, but apparently something within the, the way they have things set up with Google you cannot send more than a hundred emails a day. So, and that's a hundred emails total, be it certificates or um, non-passing emails. You can't send more than a hundred a day. Um, but in reality, there's no way I would do a hundred in a day anyway. So um, just thoughts. I thought it was really cool, especially with, COVID, it would be an instant, automatic um, way of giving your kids a at a girl or at a boy. Thoughts, ladies? I, yeah, I'm seriously so excited about this for elementary school. And I keep thinking about um, not just for our content standards, but utilizing this in a way around our PBIS or our behavior system and technology and meeting norms and how you could have set up quizzes where if students are caught being good or students are, you know, the tech leader for the day, something along those lines, you could have a code word or whatever it is that you could give them and you could give them the form and they could go and fill it out and get a certificate mm -hmm. for it. Like there's different ways you could set it up to support students' positive behavior or positive tech or um, or you could stick with the academic aspect of this, but I think that instant gratification is needed right now for our students. They're 
there's a lot of things happening around them and the video games that they're playing, they're getting instant gratification. And I'm not an anti-video game person. I really am not. I think they're actually super helpful in a lot of ways. But just in our students' world, they need more than, all right, I passed or I failed. And how cool is it that I get a workforce certificates? My only thing is I don't know that I would do this for every single one. I would have it be set things. And um, so make it work for you and your students and know that it could go a behavior route. It could go a leadership route or you could get certificates for the academic. I'm mind blown and love this. Thank you for sharing. Gentlemen, I am the I'm the gamer, so I, yeah. <laughs> um, but there, I, I'm actually leaning towards, I found a similar one um, that's called Magic Digital Badges. That's mm. the same kind of thing, but lets you get badges, little icons that they can collect. And when they get, say, a certain number of them, yeah, um, I'll save you the trouble. And there is your link for Magic Digital Badges add-on um, in the chat. Oh. An error this error. one that I pulled up, is yep. it a sheets add-on? It's for sheets, so it'll actually go, rather than going with your form, it goes on the sheet side, mm -hmm. and it um, it sends it to them based on their score after it goes into the Google Sheet. Very cool. Can you customize the badges? I don't know. I've just started playing with it. Cool. I knew you and I would think the same. I just knew it. As, as Becky was talking, I kept thinking too, because um, I keep making all these uh, digital stickers, mm -hmm. throwing them into keep. You could legitimately hold the certificate out and imagine like if you had a synchronous section or even an asynchronous time and you're looking over the kid's work and it's like, we've all had that, wow, this kid, I, I can't believe they did it you could just punch this in and send them a certificate and imagine their face when they'd open the email and, you know, wow, she really read what I did and she liked it. And I could see where even some of like my middle schoolers would think that was really cool. Even the cool kids, you know, that don't admit to anything would think it was really cool. So there's so many ways besides just the academic or the, it could be like almost like the, like Becky, like remember the gotcha did you guys ever do the gotcha stickers? Or gotcha mm -hmm. It's called being good. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Nope. Yes. School cools. That's what we called them in my elementary school. <laughs> yes. I guess we weren't real original. We called them gotchas. <laughs> yes. We, we definitely had those. So moving on before we run out of time. Um, the last thing we had for you guys is we set up a jam board where you guys can go out and there is um, different pages out there. There is a page out there for elementary, a page out there for middle, and a page out there for high school. If you guys would share some of your thoughts, um, how you think you could use some of Google Forms in a different way, um, we would really appreciate that and we'll hang around to join you. And then also I'm asking for me, even though tonight was really not my best. Oh, I still have some, I'm sorry. I still have some other form add-ons that I found. Um, there's a QR code generator that automatically fills in. Um, and then there's these two last ones, timer, timer proctor mm -hmm. and 
Temify me. They almost act like Google does when they do their proctored tests for level one and level two. They will take um, little pictures of whoever's taken the assessment and then they will notify you um, as the administrator what was going on. And they're relatively inexpensive. Um, like the timer proctor, I think it was like $4 for 500 assessments. And the Timeify Me, I think, was $6 a month. Um, depending upon what you teach, I could see where that would be, you know, very valuable. If I was teaching um, Chris, maybe like AP Chemistry or something, and you had to test them at home, probably be worth the six bucks a month, you know, to know that they were doing their own work. Because I know that's one thing my teachers keep saying is, how do we know that the kids are doing their own work? My stuff, eh, I don't really care if they're doing their own work. If a parent's helping them, so be it. They're building the parental relationship. But Chris teaching, you know, his biology and his chemistry, probably a little bit more important. Um, I wouldn't say more important, just different grading. Like I'm an yeah. SOL tested course um, here in Virginia. SOLs are our state standard tests, um, mm -hmm. but we're SOL tested. So I need to know my kids know X, Y, and Z before they get to that test. True. And it is, it's, it's a different curriculum, a different curriculum and a different purpose. Me being an elective, even though it's STEM, yeah, my grade's important, but the relationship is more important and the ability to think is more important. Can so, yeah, why are you teaching AP chemistry? <laughs> so um, the last thing I have, and I'm going to, Pop before I pop back over to the Jamboard, I just really want to say thank you again. Thank you for listening to me ramble tonight and my completely discombobulated thoughts. Um, usually I'm not quite this discombobulated. And um, I would ask you to do a personal feedback for me. Um, this is just for me, not for Becky and Jenna. Um, and um, I'm trying to gather feedback in ways that I can improve, even though I know there's a thousand ways I can improve on tonight uh, to better improve my delivery and my timing and my organization, et cetera, and everything else. I would greatly appreciate it. So, so can I add in a few things, Laura? First of off, this has been super wonderful. Even co-presenting with you, I have learned so much. So don't you got to keep that positive mindset like we do with our students because you were awesome. You were dealing with a storm, Chewbacca, everything else. It, yeah, I mean, Chewbacca really. That's was. never going to Well, but um, so I want to thank you. And then I would like to, if you don't mind, um, share one bit of forms that I feel like tends to be an underutilized aspect. Oh, really yeah. Quickly. Show me. Okay, and you probably use it, so this might not be new for many of you, but this is just something that- um, oh, I need to stop sharing. No, you're good, I'll take over. Oh, okay. I didn't know you could take over. See, you showed me something there. I only can because I'm in as info. All right, so one big thing um, that you can use forms for is a reflection tool for students. Although when students are submitting an assignment in classroom, they can reflect that way. You can add your reflection directly into the form. 
And so uh, Laura was talking about earlier having her students do a presentation on different energy sources. Once they end that presentation, they're ready to submit. Why, while they could pre submit directly into Classroom, or they could submit however you want them to, maybe it's a live, whatever it is, you could also have them put it into their form. So when you do that, come in here, ask your questions. You know, you might want to start with simply name and have it collect email addresses. And then, and I already did it down here, but add a question and change your question. Like I said, I think this is just super underutilized. So I wanted to point it out, change it to file upload. When you do this, you can have students actually upload their presentation directly into here. So if it's a video, they could upload that. For our littles, we have a lot of students that will write their responses on paper and then take a picture of the paper and upload it in here. And so you could title this, um, you know, upload your presentation. And I would give students, I would walk them through how to do that. But you can actually set it to only allow certain file types and decide, is it docs, is it videos, PDFs, audio? I typically leave it as any. And then how many things can they upload? A lot of times I just want you to upload one thing. And maybe you have multiple different things, but I just want one. But every once in a while, I might allow multiple. Keep in mind, you do have a limit of one gigabyte for the entire form that they can upload. So if you allow 10 things, then each file is going to have to be pretty small. But if I'm allowing videos, I could say up to one gigabyte. And so this form is uh, no longer accepting responses because only one response can be given, which is fine. Um, or you keep it at 100, all of that, and add multiple. And then you could just add some questions, some reflection type questions in here. So this isn't something I would grade because it's really their reflection, but it allows me to see their thought process and truly give students that ownership of, we don't just do an assignment and move on or do a project and move on. We do it, we reflect on our practice. And because we are all still learning and growing, we're going to actually write it out. And so I would change these to be uh, paragraph style responses and just offer a couple of different reflections. You know, what would you change if you could do this again? What um, what was your one key takeaway? You could do the what squared with you, what's still circling in your mind, all of that. There's a lot of reflection tools, but it gives you one place to come and just get a quick glimpse of their presentation or allow them to upload their file and see the reflection in here. So I just wanted to showcase that because I feel like we use a lot of the short answer paragraph. We use a lot of these and then we see this file upload and we kind of just run away from it but it is a cool tool for allowing students to actually upload their responses. Um, that is awesome. I honestly have, I've never even paid attention to it. Most people don't. And it's super cool. And for all ages could utilize this beyond reflection, because like I said, this wouldn't be graded, um, but you could grade it from here. Well, I'm thinking that even better or not even better, but in a different scope, I want to work with peer feedback and imagine being able to fill the form out for peer feedback because then legitimately they could take a picture or whatever of the other person's work and then do the feedback form there. And you could 
get it out to the other kid and they wouldn't know who did the feedback for them. Yes. It's been a big problem with peer feedback, and at least in my room, you know, I don't want to, they're going to know if I said something and it turns into like a popularity contest that yeah. would take that out of it. And it's pretty easy to upload. I, I love that idea. Thank you for sharing that thought too, because you really could have it be your, you know, share one glow and one grow for this person. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely elementary. I've always got to have the cute name to it, but uh, I call it tag. So it's, you know, same difference. Yeah. Um, and then to upload, it's this easy. This is the view. They click add file and they can add it directly from their drive or upload just like we would. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for letting me share. I was just like, this is one of my favorite new little, it's not new, new to me features. Jenna, what do you, do you have anything to add? Um, that's she she hit what I was gonna do because we've been using that to like my kids can record themselves or they can take a picture of their math problem when we were doing emergency learning in the spring and they can upload it to me through the form and then my I'm not you know going through my email going what assignment is my this kids do that like <laughs> we're making the jump to canvas for the fall so oh you're gonna love it it's amazing yeah. <laughs> all right well does, is there any more questions out there that we missed? I hope not. Thank you so much. Kind of Please turn the links into a hyperdoc and share with me. Chris, man, you want everything. <laughs> All right. Um, you guys have a good night. I'm hoping the rain's done here. And um, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. And everything will be out there if you want to see it again. Have a good night. Mm -hmm.